This podcast is produced by Benchmark Education. May was Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, celebrating the cultures of 75 countries from East, Southeast, and South Asia, as well as the Pacific Islands of Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. In this episode, a look at today's classroom through an AAPI lens. I'm Kevin Carlson, and this is Teachers Talk Shop. As a first-generation American, I always wanted to see representation, and that was never really brought upon with the classroom. And it wasn't until my first Filipina teacher, Miss Santos, where I finally saw the representation that I needed in the classroom. That is Jessica Velasco. She is a diversity, equity, and inclusion educator and consultant. She is also a first-generation American, the daughter of Filipino immigrants, and she is a perfect person to talk about centering AAPI voices in the classroom. Author and educator Patty McGee spoke with Jessica recently, and the conversation started with some of her personal background. The first thing I would love for you to share um, is a little bit about your own story and upbringing, specifically your family and school and just a little bit of background there. I think uh, our listeners would love to hear. Yeah. So I grew up in the beautiful city of Miami, Florida, as a first-generation American to hardworking Filipino-Americans, well, Filipino immigrants. Um, my parents immigrated in the 1980s, and they truly left the Philippines to have the American success story. Growing up in Miami, thinking Miami is a diverse city, however, I quickly learned it wasn't as diverse as, as I thought it was. Um, the way that Miami operates is we're very pocketed. So in different in different parts of the cities, you have your Haitians, you have your Amer white Americans, you have your Cubans. So it was diverse in a sense, however, not really integrating with one another. And education was the first most important part of our values and just growing up and my parents made sure that no matter what was happening in my life, education was always first. Mm. Um, when I think about my education, especially in as a first-generation American, I always wanted to see representation and that was never really brought upon the classroom. I had Filipino-American friends, thank goodness, and it wasn't until my first Filipina teacher, Miss Santos, where I finally saw the representation that I needed in the classroom. However, being Asian and students not understanding different cultures, she was kind of scrutinized for being herself. And it was difficult because this is someone I looked up to and this is someone that I can see myself in, but however, my classmates didn't understand that. Oh. So that was kind of conflicting in itself. What grade was that? Seventh grade, she taught wow. science. Yeah, wow. she taught science. And it was just a joy to see. However, it wasn't until later on where I realized, wait a minute, we do have Asian American teachers. They're just not easily accessible, right? Mm. Because a lot of um, the Asian Americans that I grew up with were in the medical field or they were engineers or they came to America just to do a side job, even though um, in the Philippines, they were a different, completely career, but they wanted to make sure that they had the American dream. Wow. 
After the break, some insight about the model minority. Stay with us. Cultural inclusivity. It's the focus of a new forward-thinking book series for grades K through 6. This is Represent. Students of all backgrounds will be immersed in authentic texts, seeing themselves, their lives, and what's relevant to them right there on the page. Represent offers more than 200 high-quality student books in both print and digital, spanning 10 knowledge strands and created by diverse, acclaimed authors and illustrators. Robust teaching tools support responsive teaching, build knowledge and perspective, and differentiation. You'll also find on-demand professional development. Represent an unusually inclusive literary opportunity to broaden students' horizons. Learn more at BenchmarkEducation.com. You named a lot of the uh, professions um, mm -hmm. that many um, Asian Americans are part of. Um, yeah. And it makes me think of that word model minority. Would you just talk a little bit about it? Like, how, how would you define model minority and, and how did it come to be like that term? Yeah. So fun fact, when I was growing up, I thought model minority was something yeah. that I was proud to be part of. Later on, until I was an adult, I realized it's actually a racial stereotype. The term model minority was never defined by a specific person. However, in the 1960s, uh, there was quote unquote success stories of Asian Americans immigrating to quote unquote American society. Okay. And it actually separated Asian Americans from black Americans and other marginalized groups of individuals to quote unquote, be the model of what America is like. Oh. Yeah. Harsh and heavy things, right? Yeah. Especially thinking about when you hear the word model, you want to be like that. Mm -hmm. However, it really just separated these marginalized groups of individuals. As Asian Americans, we were taught to um, be quiet, uh, uh, get everything done, work hard, put your head down, do what you have to do. We weren't taught to speak our voices. We weren't taught to challenge the system. Mm -hmm. And that's where the term came from. Wow. And that's heavy. I mean, that's, yeah. that's big. Like, in so many ways. One, like mm. you said, it marginalizes people um, and, and silos different groups. And then mm. there's this massive amount of pressure to be something, some kind of persona that is expected from everyone. It's, it's, it's just so much pressure. And then to be in a school, like you're saying, you know, this getting educated is the number one priority um, yeah. in your family. Um, so to have all of those layers of pressure without even realizing it. So yeah, at first, at first glance, it sounds like it's something really positive, but in, mm -hmm. instead it, it just creates a whole different set of hard things. <laughs> so yeah. then, so one of the big ways of then creating an affirming space and an inclusive space, and maybe to like, um, put some of these stereotypes that have bubbled up um, in our society, which of course have implications on the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, we know that there's so much research out there that says that when 
Um, all voices are included in the classroom. Everyone is more successful. So when we have representation from all different um, cultures, every that kind of lifts all students at the same time, not just particular students. And so when we're thinking about ways that we can do that in the classroom, but with this AAPI lens, I find, I just want to say, I find taking different lenses when looking at um, creating an affirming space is a really kind of systematic way of making sure it's not just like a whole, like just dumping everything in there and just hoping for the best. It's really taking the lenses of um, different communities that maybe haven't had large uh presence in our curriculum and in our classrooms unless um, unless the teacher has done the work. After the break, getting practical about AAPI voices. Stay with us. What if there was a book for every child? one that reflected their unique identity and affirmed the value of their experience. The Benchmark Education Authentic Voices Library builds content, knowledge, and perspective with 550 books by diverse authors and illustrators. Available in English and Spanish, print and digital, and featuring robust teacher supports, the Authentic Voices Library provides enriching encounters with meaningful texts. What would happen if every student could see themselves in a book? Visit www.authenticvoicesbookroom.com for more information. I'm wondering if you have some ideas on how we can get practical then to really help um, teachers expand their knowledge um, and also help us kind of counteract some of the things that we were talking about with model minority? Yeah, I think the first step is having teachers as educators, even myself, really understand what our personal biases are, what were the things that we were taught, and how to let go of that in the classroom. So yeah. I think the first step is reflection. What, was thing, what were um, phrases or myths or unlearnings that I need to unlearn for myself as an educator? So really taking that to a step. I think the next one is really having that representation in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget when um, my teacher asked me where I'm from or where, not where I'm from, where my ancestors are from. Mm -hmm. And just being proud of that and having some sort of flag or some sort of representation, whether it's in the classroom library or just maybe next to a cubby of, this is where your ancestors are from. However, you are American as well, or you are X, Y, Z. And we want to highlight that. So just, Kids want to feel fit, want to fit in. However, we all have beautiful differences. So let's highlight those differences. Yes. And last but not least, celebrating. Not just within AAPI month, not within the certain months, but just yes. really celebrating their true identities and having them learn their identities if they don't know it. Mm -hmm. um, reaching out to their parents and asking, what do they know? And what do, how can I support them in the classroom? Yeah. Those are really great ideas. Could we just dig into each one a little bit more? Yeah. So I mean, I think, and I've personally been on this journey and I will not stop. Um, mm -hmm. I come from a very, um, not very diverse area. I live, mm -hmm. I grew up 
um, close to where I live and, it, and diversity really hasn't been um, our forte. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so I know that I've had to really do some work around unpacking um, my own biases. And um, I, for me, it's a lot of reading. What yeah. would you recommend um, for educators yeah. for them to but unpack? Getting- yeah, being staying curious, mm-hmm. understanding. I think a lot of times educators don't want to, well, one, shout out to all the educators because we ha- we wear so many hats, right? Yes. And yes. also too, we have great intent. Yes. However, sometimes the impact can potentially be harmful. Yes. So having educators understand that when you come with curiosity and you want to learn, it's the universal language, right? And knowing that we do have biases and we're, we're learning and we're trying to go, we are on this journey and it's one of the journeys that will take a long time, but there will be an end. There yes. is some way. As a diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner, I'm still on my journey. Yes. I, we don't have all the answers, but we're yeah. all learning together. Yeah. And I think um, part of that is challenging for educators because there's another myth out there is that we're supposed to know everything. Um, and the things we've always done, we can always keep doing. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. this feeling of like um, emotion around it, like almost shame um, or feeling vulnerable. Um, and so to underscore what you're saying, um, to be, to take curiosity as the vehicle uh, rather than like yeah. the shame and discomfort, it might come along mm-hmm. with it because yeah, we've walked around with lots of different things that we've been taught, um, but if that's not our fault. So just getting curious about what else can we know and learn? I, I really appreciate that. Um, so can you give me like maybe one of your favorites now around your second idea of um, having a student's culture represented in the classroom? Yeah, um, when thinking about classroom planning, and understanding where your students, um, where your students' ancestries are from, really ca- including that in the decoration. Uh, Honestly, something as small <laughs> as decoration. Yeah. Um, um, one of my so something that I did before, I had table groups of different countries. Okay. And I made sure my students' ancestors were represented in uh, those countries. Oh, um, yeah. Simple. Yeah. And yeah. like right in your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you are and welcome then, here in a very simple way. <laughs> yes. Um, one of my students was from uh, Cuba. And I said, table group Cuba, let's go. And they yeah. were just so proud of knowing yeah. that that was their uh, country in the classroom. So just having that representation and even in the books as well. But yeah. Something as small as a decoration can yeah. really just go a very long way. Absolutely, absolutely. And then your um, the last idea that you brought up was celebrating students' differences and yeah. diversity. And right, it, because it is beautiful. Like what we bring, mm-hmm. um, not being the same adds beauty and literal color <laughs> to yeah. um, the the collection of, and the community um, in the classroom. So ideas for any type of cel- celebrating, especially not always during the month. <laughs> yeah, um, the best days were when the, the days students are able to bring or, or wear their um, different outfits or wear um, some sort of part of their identities on their shoulder, physical yeah. and li- literal and physical, 
right? Yeah. Whether they were able to bring a dish or whether they were able to wear a certain dress, yeah. um, just highlighting that and having them share the stories. Yeah. Though their parents share the stories, having them share with their students and their classmates gives them pure autonomy. Mm. Something I wish I did more as a child. However, we're doing it now as yes. educators. So yes. we're it's it goes a long way. Yeah. What I love most, I think, about what you just shared with us, um, first of all, your deep knowledge around um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and you um, being part of the AAPI community, um, sharing your own stories, and then giving us simple, practical ways that we can infuse this in our classrooms because we know that there are so many hats as you said um yeah. so like i picture teachers right now with like a giant stack of hats on their heads and a mm -hmm. bunch of plates that they're trying to spin at the same time with all of these hats yeah. on their heads and so to feel like you know one more thing one more plate one more hat these are so real and like i said simple there's that power in simplicity and we know that students learn more yeah. when, and, and are more successful in schools when they feel that they belong in this community and they have that relationship with their teachers. So yeah. Jessica, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Jessica Velasco. Thank you, Patty McGee. And thank you for listening to Teachers Talk Shop. If you would like to hear more from Jessica, check out her latest blog post. To find it, go to BenchmarkEducation.com, visit the Professional Learning Area, and look under the Professional Development Resources. There you will find the Benchmark blog. It's full of great information, useful tips, and links to other helpful resources. Enjoy! For Benchmark Education, I'm Kevin Carlson.